You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Jim Rishwain is our first guest on Critical Mass Radio Show. He is Pillsbury's firm chair. His primary responsibility is develop and execute Pillsbury's strategic plan and policies as adopted by the Pillsbury Board. He is the board's key advisor, the top executive, and its chief visionary decision maker and communicator. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show and podcast or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit my company's website, criticalmassforbusiness.com. You can reach me directly at 949-887-4104. Jim, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much for having me, Rick. It's my pleasure. Can we start by having you tell us a little bit about how you even got started in the practice of law? Let's take us back to the beginning, Jim, and catch us up. I will. Thank you so much. Well, it's interesting because many attorneys often go through college not knowing what they want to do, and then they find themselves at the end of graduation saying, okay, what do I do next? And they say, okay, well, I can go to law school because you don't really need to have any particular major. And so... I often talk to attorneys about living with purpose, being purposeful, and that's really part of my story is that when I was seven years old, I was watching my mom get into an argument with the Book of the Month Club about um, her ability to cancel uh, her subscription to uh, the Book of the Month Club, and she was having a real hard time dealing with them, and I watched this go back and forth for quite some time. And I vowed to myself at that point that I wanted to understand the fine print on the back of contracts. And so that's what motivated me to to uh, start my drive to being an attorney. And you were seven years old at the time? I was seven years old. Wow. So seven, I wanted to be an attorney. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Jim Rishway, and he is the firm chair of Pillsbury, Winthrop, Shaw, and Pittman. And um, I love it when we have guests on the show, and they, they take us back to this indelible moment. Jim... I'm sure it's been a number of years since you were seven, but when you talk about that moment in time, it feels like it wasn't that long ago. Uh, that, that is that is such a... Um, I, I can only imagine how many times you've recounted that story to different people in different settings, but it sets context, at least for me, with you, in my view of you as an attorney and a leader in your industry. So um, let me... I mentioned your firm's name. Tell, tell us a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, a, a little bit about the history of your firm and kind of your specific role in sure. the practice of law. Absolutely. So, first of all, I'm humble to have this position. My firm is 150 years old. We were and um, we are one of the oldest and longest standing uh, preeminent law firms in the United States. Uh, and for quite some time uh, throughout our history, we were regarded as the preeminent firm west of the Mississippi. Uh, there have been books that have been written about four great law firms of over 100 years, and we were one of them. Of course, the marketplace has gotten much more competitive, and there are many, many great firms now in the marketplace. We, Pillsbury is a, is, a, is a firm that has 19 offices, soon to have 20 worldwide. Um, we are very much dedicated um, to the United States, but also have a very strong international national reach. We are primarily in four regions in the United States, New York, the Mid-Atlantic, Texas, and then California. And in California, 
we have uh, six offices, three in Northern California and three in Southern California. And Southern California is a big part of our firm in many ways. <clears throat> we, uh, we have a global operations center in Nashville where we have consolidated all of our back office operations. And we have a very strong international reach. We have a strong position in London, <clears throat> Japan, three offices in China, two offices in the Middle East. And um, our, our mantra as a firm is to be one firm moving forward. Uh, many firms, as they grow and become more significant, lose contacts with their clients, lose connection with, with their offices. Their offices are just disconnected. For us, we work very hard to be a fully integrated platform with a significant client focus. Uh, Jim, I, I know you talked about the history of your firm and kind of one of the prede predecessor versions of the of the law firm here in, in in California actually helped to incorporate at that time Standard Oil, which is today, which was I think in nineteen hundred early nineteen hundreds, if not nineteen hundred, which is today Chevron Oil. So that kind of sets a context for the type of work that your firm has been doing for quite some time. Well, yeah, exactly right, Rick. You've been doing your homework. We um, we have. Um we are regarded as a firm with tremendous best relationships, and that's an asset of our firm. I think we have two assets, our great clients and our really strong talent. Um, we, you know, we boast uh, what you just mentioned, which is we incorporated the predecessor to Chevron. We incorporated Intel. Um, we have represented Wells Fargo Bank for over 100 years. And so when you, when you hear those clients, um, um, when you hear those clients, you can think of the sectors where we're focused. Uh, so energy is a big part of our firm. Energy clients are a big part of our firm. Technology is a significant part of our firm and, and technology clients. Um, and uh, financial institutions, the power money banks, um, certainly are a big part of our firm. And then finally, real estate and um, construction um, in the capital markets in particular are a big part of our firm. So if you listen to those uh, sectors and you think about Southern California um, and you think about Orange County in particular, much of that resonates. Um, and, and that's why we are Southern California is a big part of our practices. But in addition to those areas, we have strong practices and some cutting-edge areas, including gift cards, aerospace, hospitality, and restaurants. And let me just say one more thing. We have, we have formed teams around the following topics, bitcoins and drones. And I don't think that I, I, I just cannot imagine that I ever would live to see the day that I would be part of a firm, let alone lead a firm that would have independent teams around unmanned aircraft facilities and around bitcoins. Yeah. Well, that, 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 I love that fact that you're bringing that out because it, it may be part of the reason why Pillsbury continues to be relevant today. Many companies have a steeped history, but sometimes that history prevents them from moving forward. It doesn't sound like that's a problem. And I'm talking with Jim Rishwain. He is the firm chair of Pillsbury, Winthrop, Shaw, and Pittman. You know, one of the things that I did notice, too, that just recently American Lawyer named your firm one of the top 40 firms in diversity. So before we take our, our first break here on the show, c can you talk a little bit about, I'm, I'm sure that just doesn't happen, Jim, that there must be some strategic initiatives that you're helping to lead that, you know, enables your firm to be recognized as, you know, one of the top firms in diversity. 
Well, absolutely. We have a tremendous history in diversity. We were one of the firm, first major law firms uh, in the nation to name a uh, woman a partner, and we were one of the first law firms, major law firms in the nation to name a woman our firm leader. My immediate predecessor was a woman, and she's a pioneer, Mary Cranston. We have a tremendous um, set of policies and procedures and a true commitment to diversity of all types, diversity of gender, ethnicity, uh, diversity of practices, diversity of region, and that's how we focus in on building our teams. Um, one of the one of the things that I'm most proud of uh, <clears throat> during my tenure as chair is that, uh, first of all, uh, as a, as a, um, and in modest note, I was named um, a diversity CEO award, which was really fantastic. But more important, as on behalf of our firm, we were named as one of the top ten places in the nation. For working mothers. Wow. And I'm not talking about the top 10 law firms. I'm talking about the top 10 companies. So we were, in, we were the only law firm and the smallest company by far. And if you can imagine, you, you probably have a sense that attorneys work long hours yes. and, um, and are very much dedicated to client service, and that requires a lot of hours. So in order to have an environment where we are able to develop a work-life balance, but yet um, be able to deliver stellar client service is something I'm very, very proud of, that we, we were named one of the top ten companies in the nation for working mothers. Well, I, I um, th- th- that kind of puts me on my heels in a good way in a little bit, Jim, because you're absolutely right. My, my image of a very large, successful, multinational law firm with the kind of c- client list that you have doesn't also give me an idea of a culture that is family friendly in the sense that at a top place for for working mothers i mean i just you that must come that has to come from the board that has to come through the leadership and has to be a part of the firm's dna it does and we do do we do by the way you're exactly right have a specific task force of our board led by our board uh to identify superstar women early in their careers and work with them all the way up the ranks because we have found that, as, as you might read, 50% or more of law students are women. In fact, um, more than 50% of law students are women. But by the time, um, but, but when you look at major law firms and you look at the percentage of the partnership, it's typically around 20%. So there's mm-hmm. a disconnect between those graduating from law school and those making partner. We are absolutely committed to have 50% of our partnership classes be women and we have hit that mark from time to time. We need to hit it more often. We are uh, tough on ourselves, and I expect us to be tough on ourselves with respect to uh, our programs and the implementation of our programs. And one final comment on that is that even during the downturn, that's where the commitment of an organization is most tested. Yes. When you are in a downturn in the economy, do you stay true to your values? Do you stay true to your principles um, with respect to diversity and, and community involvement? And we at Pillsbury absolutely have done that. All right, we're going to take a short break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Jim, when we come back, I wonder if you might spend a little bit of time with us kind of talking about the three categories of Pillsbury's firm-wide practices. You, you, you touched on them a little bit from an industry perspective, but I, I want to come at it from the type and role of what you do to support your clients, okay? Sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. Jim Rishwain and I will be back right after these words from our sponsors. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, 
was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insights to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Rick Frenzy. Jim Rishwain is our guest. He's firm chair of Pillsbury, Winthrop, Shaw, and Pittman, Pillsbury for short. And if you've been listening to the segment, you know the rich and steeped history of his firm and the contributions that they've made to not only here in California, but across the country and now around the world. Jim, I said when we came back, I wanted to talk to you about the three categories of your firm-wide practices. But before we do do that, I, I wanted to... Uh, go back to something I wanted to ask you when I asked you about how you got started in law. I was so taken by your story of being seven years old that I that I neglected to ask you. I know that you graduated undergrad from UCLA and your law degree is from Pepperdine. Can can you share with our audience sort of both of those institutions and sort of how they prepared you for where you've been able to achieve in your career? Absolutely. Well, UCLA. You know, it's one of the one of the great institutions. Uh, there's not a lot that needs to be said. It stands on its own. It's, I think, uh, for me, coming from a small town, Stockton, California, and and being able to come to Los Angeles and go to UCLA, who exposed me to um, a diverse set of interests and perspectives, and caused me to learn how to navigate um, in a in a bigger environment, which was a good part of my education. I was fortunate then to carry out my goal of becoming an attorney and go to Pepperdine. And Pepperdine, I would say when you look at many of my guiding principles as a leader, uh, many of them have been forged from Pepperdine. Pepperdine is a school that has as part of its mission leadership, purpose, and service. And um, and those three concepts have really been embedded in uh, my everyday life as a leader of my firm. Um, uh, as I as I you know when you lead a firm of this size and um, uh, of this, compl- uh, of this, uh, this uh, with, with the set of complications that are involved, you you may not you may not be thinking as an attorney that someday you're going to become the CEO of an organization that's got 650 million in revenue, and you're not trained necessarily to set strategy. So why would you be chosen? Why would I be chosen as a firm leader? Was it because I'm a great real estate attorney? Well, maybe because I build teams. Well, maybe is it because I know how to set a strategy? Maybe, but probably not. At the end of the day, it was because I was trusted. Um, And I think, you know, being able to deal with people um, who are um, motivated and driven and under extreme pressure on a daily basis and being able to build teams and to be trusted and to inspire confidence and to bring that level of integrity really helped me to gain the confidence of my partners and become become their leader. It is the foundational currency of leadership and, and, and a healthy culture in any organization, regardless of the type of practice or business that they're in. And, that, and, I, and I mean trust, Jim. I think it is all too often 
um, discounted, and many times our actions as leaders can undermine the trust that the organization has in us. To be able to maintain that, when so many eyes are on you, I'm sure the size of your organization, they, the the board takes it very seriously who they install as the firm chair because they know the, you know the importance of that role in in the organization. So, uh, credit to you, and 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 I'm glad to see the Pepperdine had such a lasting impact on you. I. Uh, my son graduated from law school there a few years ago, and I was taken at the commencement with the, the conversation that they had with these newly minted attorneys about their obligation to take care of the um, voiceless in the community, which I thought was a was a great message on that day. So um, let's talk about the three categories that Pillsbury is kind of involved in. Can Can you just step us through the type of work your firm does? Sure. So I did start, I did mention our sector focus, and I'll, and I'll repeat it because it is a part of, of how we define ourselves. Um, we define ourselves as a firm that is dedicated to four sectors, although we do cover other sectors, but largely in the energy sector, largely in the financial services sector, largely in the technology sector, and largely in the real estate sector. And we uh, cover those areas in three components, as you've alluded to. Uh, one is the business side, a very strong transaction. The second is on the litigation side, a very strong litigation practice. And then finally, on the regulatory side, a very strong regulatory practice. We um, have 16 practices that support that sector focus in those three departments. Um, So we do have a diverse set of practices, tax, corporate, litigation, real estate, executive comp, the list goes on. And we have, you know, very sophisticated practices. And we hone in where one of the things that we, how we approach our teams and is that we look to have client teams and what we call focus teams. So we, when we, when we look to work together to serve our clients, we, um, we form teams around our clients. So for each of our clients, we have a dedicated set of professionals that meet and confer and think about our clients' business. It is really important for us to know our clients, to understand our clients, and to do all that on our own time. So when they call upon us, um, we're in a position to really serve them. And, um, and on the focus team program, we want to be seen as thought leaders, not because it's, it's, not because it's a marketing ploy, but because it's important. It's important to uh, us as an institution. You alluded to this earlier on. We're a 150-year-old institution, but we need to evolve. We need to be entrepreneurial. We need to move with the marketplace. And so we challenge ourselves to anticipate our clients' needs and to think about areas that are of importance, even if we don't have any work in those areas. So I mentioned drones. Well, we don't have a lot of work in drones, but we believe that the unmanned aircraft facilities will create issues. They may create issues in privacy. They may create issues in, in how uh, services are delivered, et cetera, et cetera. And that ties very well into our aviation practice. So at the end of the day, we, we, when we think about how we want to move forward and serve our clients, we think of three things. One, we think of our own client base. We have a very strong client base, and what are our, the needs of those clients? Two, what are our own capabilities? We want to be very credible in everything that we do. We may have a client that has work in a variety of areas. We, we don't strive to do all of their work. We only strive to do the work where we are most credible. And three, we, we look at what are the drivers of the global economy. How can we be relevant in the global economy so that we are a viable business, a sustainable business, not for the next five years or ten years, but for the next hundred years? That, that's one of the 
Um, I think one of the opportunities as well, a leader of a company that has such a long history, is you are really kind of the steward for the future, right? I mean, you're you're making decisions that are relative and important for today, but they're also you must keep a mind eye, one eye at least trained on the really long term. You don't want to be the one who's under your watch. Something happened and the firm didn't continue to move forward, right? Absolutely. So you know, I have to, we have to look at the long term for the viability of the platform, and the clients want to have a strong platform to continue forevermore. But we also have to have a platform that serves our clients at that moment, on that day. And so, some of the bigger picture issues are important for us as a platform to remain strong, and for our institutional clients and 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 middle market from our from our high net worth individuals to our middle market companies to our upper middle market companies to our public companies, including all of the emerging growth companies we represent. They want to know that you know we are a preeminent firm. We're gonna we're gonna. They can trust us. They know that we're going to be there for them. But they also want to know that we're going to we're, that we understand their concerns today, their objectives today, whether it's an important uh, piece of tra- uh, litigation or it's a transactional matter or a regulatory matter. They want to know that we are serving them today. And for us, we have many clients that are in California who, 40 years ago, only did work in California. Right. 20 years ago did work in, throughout the United States. Now, today, are doing work around the world. So we have to have a strong international reach in order to help them make either either because they have investors coming into California or because they want to invest outside of California and throughout the world. We're talking with Jim Rishwain. He is the firm chair of Pillsbury. Uh, you know, you mentioned business, litigation, and regulatory is kind of the three categories within which you, yes. you your practice areas. So how do you keep the litigators away from the, the rest of the business so that you know they're not in there uh, messing up with the business people and the re- regulatory people? Do you have to keep them off on a separate floor? What are you doing out there, Jim? No, we we actually we we don't do that at all. We no. um, we 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 want um, our we focus in on our clients and our and so what our clients' needs are. Some of our clients have needs across all three uh, spectrums, and some of our clients don't. But um, if we have a client that has needs um, in litigation and regulatory and business, those attorneys come together in, in a collaborative manner. Um, it's not a competitive environment. It's a collaborative environment. That's a key element of our firm. Uh, when you get it, in, and this is many companies and particular law firms fi- probably find themselves, many professional services companies where your assets are really your individuals who are delivering services to clients on a daily basis. It's really important for me and it's really important for our firm to have an environment of collaboration and team building and not an environment of competition. And clients are shrewd, they're savvy, they're smart, and they want to know that their attorneys are working well together in an efficient and effective manner and not competing with each other. I can tell you stories of um, from clients that tell us that they may have one attorney uh, in one area bidding for their work, and at the same time have another attorney in that same firm um, <laughs> bidding for the work in competition oh. with each other. That is not Pillsbury. Yeah, that's we unhealthy. We not to be there at all. It's, right. it's, the, it's the polar opposite. So Beautiful. Uh, they're all working together in a collaborative manner. So if someone would like to learn more about your firm, where would you direct them online, Jim? 
Well, they, they should go to www.pillsbury, P-I-L-L-S-B-U-R-Y, law.com. And we've, uh, we've got a, a fantastic website uh, with, fully loaded with um, all of the information about our services, our offices, and our attorneys. Well, I wish you continued success. Uh, you have a great responsibility. I, it sounds like you're, you're enjoying it tremendously, and it was a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you for being a friend of the Critical Mass Show, and welcome to our business community, Jim. Thank you, Rick. It was a pleasure, uh, and, and I was honored to be part of this program. Thank a, you. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short commercial break. Leo Batari is our second guest. We're going to be discussing his latest book, and I'm so excited to have him on the program. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be with Leo right after these words. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 